This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're really glad you're in church today. We love you. So glad you've come to church. If you're a guest today, as Matt said, if we have a gift for you as you're leaving. Just go to the big black wall that says welcome. We want to make sure you just leave with a gift just so you can know how much we think of you and you're glad you've joined us today. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Psalm 37 today. Um, we've been in a series called Code Red, going through the words of Jesus. And today I felt to take a break from that. I felt to stop from that. Uh, as I was um, praying and reading and watching, uh, have you, anybody still watching the news? Anybody still have any thread of patience left to watch the news? Three people? Uh, but I, I listen to the news podcast. I can't watch CNN or Fox anymore. I've just banned it. Anybody else with me on this? Just no more? Just done. But I listen to, some people run to like upbeat music. Uh, I run to the BBC podcast. That explains why I run so slow. And, uh, but it was talking about how they're shutting down Germany for five weeks, shutting down France for five weeks. And I thought, man, I follow uh, what's happening in our country right now, and I'm like, man, it's like it's the second wave, and sometimes some are even saying the third wave. And, and this term that will not die yet in 2020 is uncertain times. How many have sent an email that says, in these uncertain times, I hope this finds you well? It feels rude not to say that when you send an email. It always starts with, I hope you're well, right? Before, we would just get into it. Now it's like, it's been so crazy, we have to start with, I hope you're okay in these uncertain times. And in the middle of this, I wanted to talk this morning and encourage us, take a break from this series, which I've been enjoying. Hopefully you've been enjoying the words of Jesus speaking life to us today. And I want to speak uh, for a few minutes on this topic, on this title, write this down somewhere. If you're taking notes, if you're hashtagging, can I encourage you take some notes in church? I have books and books and phones and phones and documents full of notes. Why? Because what you take, notes never forget. And if you put God's word into you when you don't need it, it'll be there when you do need it. And this is the title, What I Know. What I Know. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for these amazing families and people. And Father, we thank you that you're helping us and protecting us. And we pray today that it would be well with our soul. And I pray, God, you would give us what we need today. We need peace. We need joy. God, we need joy. We need hope. We need forgiveness. We need uh, focus. We need strength. We need community. God, would you bless us? with your spirit who helps us in all things. Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for this church. And everybody said, what I know. I've never known, been more certain of fewer things than I am right now. I don't know what's going to happen. And in fact, if you come across a leader or a pastor or someone says, I know exactly what's going to happen in 2021, uh, I, I don't think they're telling the truth. No one knows. The experts don't know. Politicians do not know. Pastors do not know. None of us saw this coming in 2020. I refuse to start this year with the message that a lot of pastors did. I'm so thankful I resisted it. They all started with this message, 2020 vision. And they had visions of clarity. I started uh, with don't forget to stretch. <laughs> I said, it's going to, like, you can get hurt if you don't. Anybody remember that message? I barely remember that message. But don't forget to stretch. How timely that message was. There's a lot of things I don't know, but let me go through a few things I do know today. What do I know? Number one, arrows are better than circles. Arrows over circles. How many like just love that slide right there? Anybody take notes? Anybody doodle when they take notes? This is for the doodlers that take notes. Arrows are greater than circles. What does that mean? Psalm 37, verse 23. 
The Lord directs the steps of the godly. I'm going to say that again because you just missed a chance to say amen. I know you're wanting to say amen. I'm going to let you know. If you, don't, if you, don't, if you can't remember, I'm going to point them out to you right there. It says, God directs the steps of the godly. Oh, this section, you're my favorite so far. This section, I'm waiting for you. All right. It says, he delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Let me read that again. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Here's my thought today. Arrows are better than circles. I, I took swimming lessons when I was a kid, and my mother put me in swim lessons, and I used to get these badges. If you ever take swimming lessons, you used to get these badges, yellow badge and red badge. And I still have the trunks. They're like this big. They still fit. You know, I still try them on. They're like this big. I was like seven or eight. And they have all the, no, I don't. Don't visualize that right now. No one visualized that. But I had these, these, these patches, almost like girl guides had like the sash. I had the trunks. And you would sew these badges on. And I remember to get a certain badge, I think it was the purple badge, but I couldn't say purple because I had a speech impediment, my purple badge. When I was going for my purple badge, what you had to do is they threw you in the deep end and you had to tread water for five minutes. I remember being nine or ten at Centennial Pool in Halifax and they throw you in the deep end, you had to tread water for five minutes. If you've done this, that's hard. And I thought about this year, and I thought about life, and sometimes it's a lot like this. We spend so much energy treading water, but you don't actually go anywhere. You ever feel like that? I remember getting out of the pool after five minutes, exhausted. You can't breathe. Your arms are tired. Your legs are tired. My little trunks were tired, just tired. And I get out of the pool. I thought, I didn't actually go anywhere, but I sure use a lot of energy. Here's what I know, is that the purposes of God direct us. We have a culture that's running in circles. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And what are we going to do? And people are panicking. I choose purpose over panic. You know the difference between swimming laps and, sw and, and treading water? They both take energy. They both take effort. They both make you tired. The difference is one, you actually go somewhere. And the other one, you stay in one spot. And we have a culture that's treading water, just trying to survive, just doing what they can, just trying to make it through the week, make it through the year, keep their family together, keep their sanity, keep their peace. And my Bible says, here's what I know, that God directs our paths. We may be tired. You may be frustrated. It may be unknown, but I do know this. My path is straight, and God has it ordained. And I would choose to be the arrow of God than be in the circle of panic any day. Lean into God's word. God has a path for us. With our words, I want my words to be arrows, not running in circles. I want my energy to be directed. I want my money to be directed. I want my time to be directed. I want my thoughts to be directed. I don't want to have panic in my thoughts, panic in my spending, panic in my energy, panic in my mind. I want to be directional and intentional with my life. Why? Because the Bible says he directs our paths. Today, I want to let you know you can trust God. Talking to our teenage son, he's at that age, he's thinking about what's next in college and university and, and, and calling. And I do know this, if you follow God, he'll lead you, that God will direct your path. My friends, we are not aimless, we are not wandering, we are uncertain, but we do know this, that like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, we don't know where it ends, but we do know this, God will direct it. Arrows are greater than circles. Resist the panic. Lean into purpose. Lean into purpose. Let God direct our steps. What else do I know? In these uncertain times, it's not a big deal. That's what I know. It's not a big deal. 
Here's what I've realized. Few things are a big deal. Have you realized that yet? Some of you over 50 have realized that yet. Remember Y2K? Anybody, anybody old enough remember year 2000? That was going to be a big deal. It was no big deal. This August, I had no idea, and I think I've shared this. I have an unofficial slogan for me and my family. Not the church, just for me and my family. And this is a slogan for the fall. It's not a big deal. I said to Nancy, I said, it's not a big deal. Our septic field <laughs> failed, and we had to get a brand new septic field. You know, what's $15,000? That's nothing, you know? It's not, not a big deal. We lost our venue in September. Not a big deal. Stuff started happening. I said, Nancy, you know what? A lot of things in life are not a big deal. My mind, anxiety, the world, people want to say things are a big deal. But at the end of the day, there's very few things that are a big deal. It's not a big deal. You're like, what do you mean by that? It's not a big deal. The world wants to put panic and emphasis on things that actually aren't a big deal. Man, you got to update your car. Man, I don't know if you're going if you, listen, you gotta, you got to get into a, a, a better house. Man, what about your status with, with, within the community? What about this? It's not a big deal. Well, that person said this about you. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm learning that it's not a big deal. Few things very rarely are. Here's a thought that I've had for my life, and I, and I repeat it often. It's this. If everything's important, then nothing's important. If everything's important, then nothing's important. You ever get a text from somebody that's in all caps? From my father? Because he sends all caps when he, he, his cap button gets stuck, right? You ever send something and everything's bolded and everything's highlighted and everything's capitalized? It's like, okay, why are you shouting at me through text? But there's nothing more strategic than the right bolded letter or the right exclamation point or the font's just a little larger on one word. In my notes, I have things that are highlighted and things that are bolded. Why? Because there's certain things that are really important for me to share. I've learned this. If everything's important, nothing's important. Not everything's a big deal. It says in Hebrews chapter 13. Let me read this for you today. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 48. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says this. Was it 13, 5, 12? You get the verse there? Do we have that? Put up on screen. There we go. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never, never fail you. I will never abandon you. We can say anything. We can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? You know what's amazing? Most of the things that want to be a big deal involve people. And here's what I've realized in my life as we keep that verse up. It's not a big deal. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this bill? And what about that issue? What about that news report? And what about this that's going on? It's not a big deal. Here's what I've realized. That the things that are a big deal is what God's invested in my life. I said to Nancy, if we have our health, if we have our faith, if we have unity in our family, those are the big deals to us. And the rest of it, we'll deal with it. But it's not a big deal. In a world that's screaming importance to everything, understand that there's some things that God controls. And that's where our big deal are. Trust God today. Trust God with your finances. Trust God with your friends. Trust God with your confidence. Trust God with your thoughts. Why? Because the Lord is my helper and I will have no fear. In a world that is selling fear, promoting fear, I want to let you know today, it's not a big deal. Not everything's important. Your lawn, Mr. Miller, it's not important. Updating your car is not that important. Your hair or lack of hair is not that important. 
Things will fade and sag and move and things change. But the things that are important are the things God has called you to. God has set in your life. The, the, the authority and the calling on your life is important. And those are the things that are important. Not everything's important. Fear. A lot of our fear is based on things that aren't important. Our stress is on things that aren't important. Our FOMO, a fear of missing out on things that aren't important. Our worry are things that aren't important. We live in fear of things that don't actually matter. Things that matter are the things of God. God has got you. I wrote this down. I bolded it today. I want you to notate God has you. He's got you. Do you understand? That statement will change your life if you understand what that means. Do you trust God? I was talking and counseling to a pastor in the States this week and talking about change and all this stuff going on. He's like, what about this and what about that? And I said, yeah, I want to just challenge you. Do you believe God's direct your steps? He's like, I do. I said, if you believe that, it changes everything. God has got you. We have a part to play. Follow him. Stay in his will. But he's got you. Church, I want to let you know today, God has got you. What else do I know today in these uncertain times? Carry on only. Carry on only. Hebrews 12. That's where I was and I couldn't find it. I was in Matthew. That makes sense. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, since therefore we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I've caught more flights because I travel light. Taught our kids for Christmas this last year. We bought our kids, like some kids get like video games and get like money and cool things. We bought our kids carry-on luggage. Because it speaks to adventure. And then the next day we got on a plane and went to Boston for, for Christmas week. and went to a Raptors game. And, and remember travel? That was awesome. And that used to happen. And, and we, they opened up carry-on luggage. And what they're saying is, why did you get this? We're like, because we're going on a trip. I've been on more trips and more when I, we've been landing and, and all of a sudden there's a, a late flight coming in and all of a sudden you've got to make your next flight. Or I've been sitting there waiting for my flight in five hours and I'll see a flight going back to Halifax that leaves now and I'll walk up and go, can, can, is this flight full? They're like, it's not full. I'm like, can I make this flight? I'm on this flight. Can I move to this flight? And they always ask the same thing. Do you have checked luggage? What they're asking is, do you have a lot of baggage? Do you have a lot of stuff? Because that's already checked in on this flight. That's already going through the turnstiles, and it's out on the tarmac, and it's going to take a while, and we don't have time to change the tags, change the location, and get it where we need to go. And they say, do you have checked baggage? I was like, no, no, I got carry-on only. They're like, okay, sir, we got room. You can get on this flight. Here's what I'm learning again this year, what I'm sure of, is that baggage of unforgiveness, offense, greed, will cause you to miss opportunities and moments. Opportunity does not knock. It honks as it drives by. People say all the time, opportunity knocks. No, it doesn't. Very rarely has I've been sitting on my coach, watching Netflix, watching Disney Plus, and a knock on my door, and opportunity is put in my lap. It doesn't knock. It honks as it drives by. There's a short window for opportunity. Opportunity in relationships, in business, spiritually, with influence, with people, and you've got to travel light to make that opportunity. In this season, we've seen it with businesses. Those that can pivot and move and adapt quickly can get ahead of and make the most of these opportunities. What about your spiritual life? So many times there's opportunities for us as people, as churches, in your faith. 
But we have so much baggage we're carrying around, and we wonder why we don't catch on any opportunities. we got to travel light. Listen, my friends, the older I get, the harder it is to have carry-on only. Not to have regret and unforgiveness. Yeah, but they did me wrong. I know what they've been saying about me. I know what they, it's so hard, isn't it? When someone disappoints you, isn't it hard not to get greedy the older you get going? These are uncertain times. Let me grab what I can and get as much around me because I don't know. I'm not talking about your pantry. I'm talking about your life going, I'm just going to be greedy with my love and my forgiveness and my finances because I don't know. And we miss opportunities that God has. You're one moment away from changing someone's life with generosity. You're one moment away from having a conversation with someone to unlock hope and joy and community. You're one moment away from seeing an opportunity to bless someone's life. Opportunity doesn't knock. It honks as it drives by, and people are missing opportunity. And in my life, I want to make every opportunity, every connecting flight, every vehicle I'm supposed to be in spiritually, I want to make it, and it can only happen if you travel light. Let me ask you today, are you heavy? Heavy with worry? Heavy, are you obsessed with greed? Are you obsessed with unforgiveness? That conversation, that person that did you wrong, that face that wakes you up at night because you can't release them? Wow. Travel light today. Shake it off. Cast aside every weight and sin that so easily trips us up as we're trying to get to that opportunity. I want to make opportunities. I'm thankful for a church that thinks light and thinks fast. Change directions. Not because we don't have a building. We will have a building one day. Sooner than you think we will. We'll have a building, but it'll never change our mentality of we are going to travel light. Why? Because people are greater than possessions and opportunities are greater than uh, hanging on to security. Travel light today. Travel light, my friends. Travel light. Some of you are so heavy in your thoughts. Travel light. You're heavy in your worry and your baggage. Travel light. What else do I know today in these uncertain times? Corner. Over circles. The Egyptian artifacts are back. Look at that. Corners over circles. Corners over circles. It's one thing to have people in your circle. It's another thing to have people in your corner. Oh, so different. Our circle's large, isn't it? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, work circles, friend circles, church circles, business circles, relational sports circles, and we have these circles of influence. And People don't argue anymore in person, they argue on Facebook. And they won't say that you're wrong, they'll just post an opinion and then just make, right after you posted yours, and people in your circle, and man, there's, there's, there's comments and groups, and there's, for every neighborhood has a group, and every city has a group, and every sporting group has, and churches have groups, and our circle, we've never had more influence in circles. When I was growing up, you were known on your street, in your school, and in your church. On my street, I was known for having an amazing slap shot with an egg ball with floor hockey. You had to go chase it when I missed the net, but it was awesome when it worked. In my school, I had a reputation. That was my circle. In my church, now, our teenagers, our lives, it's not dozens and hundreds of people. It's thousands, our circle, and we confuse circle for corners. There's a difference between someone being in your circle and someone being in your corner. Huge difference. Matthew 12, 48, Jesus is preaching and teaching. And all of a sudden, his disciples interrupt him. He, I'll read in verse 46. He was speaking to a crowd. Jesus was. His mother and brother stood outside asking to speak with him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. They want to speak with you. 
I'll just tell my kids that are listening, when your mother wants to speak with you, you change everything and drop everything because Nancy wants to speak to you, not Jesus. Verse 48, Jesus asked, who is my mother? Not a smart thing, unless you're God. He says, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers, and anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. In a world of circles, get yourself some people in your corner. It's cheesy, this saying, but I live by it. It says, friends are like elevators. They take you up and take you down. Talking to my kids, I'm like, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Why? Because we all have circles, but who's in your corner? And I think about that analogy of a fight, whether it be boxing or whether it be UFC or some kind of combat. There's people in the corner, and what do they do? They tell you your strategy. They heal you. They refresh you. They encourage you. They stand you up and send you back out again. And we have people in our circle, but not everybody in your circle is in your corner. This will help somebody if you understand this. Some of you think you have 800 friends on Facebook. No, no, who do you have in your corner? I'm thankful for a God that's in my corner. I'm thankful for a church family that's in our corner. I'm thinking about the deers today. Rob and Melissa. Rob right here in the black sweater behind me. Rob and Melissa, he, he contacted me a few years ago. Before, when he heard we were planting the church, he wanted to have a conversation. Where were you in Newfoundland? What part of Newfoundland were you in? Clarenville. End of the world, take a left. You'll find Clarenville. <laughs> Known for Don Cherries. And Rob Deere, that's all they have in, in, in Clarenville. Sounds like an allergy medicine. He called me up. He's like, we heard about the church. We feel like there's a change in our life. I'm like, have we met? He goes, we've never met. We have mutual friends, but we've never met. He's like, me and my wife, we have a little girl, Nora the Explorer. And he's like, we want to come. And they moved up here for this church. They said, we'll find jobs. We'll, we'll find a place to live. Remember we moved you into that first place? What a dump that was. Was it flooding in the basement and heat didn't work? It was bad piping. I remember bad piping. I remember, I remember moving you. Well, they don't have power in Newfoundland, so you're used to it. And I remember, I'm kidding. I remember moving them in. There was rat traps everywhere. I thought, oh, this isn't good. But they said, no, no, we're coming. We need a fresh start. We feel like we want to be a part of this. And then Rob and Melissa, but then Rob's father, Rob Sr. That's not confusing at all. And his wife's name's Michelle. So you got Rob and Melissa, and then you got Rob and, and, and Michelle. That's not confusing at all. Thanks, guys, for that, by the way. And they're like, oh, they're going to move up too. And even this week, as Rob's leading, I'm like, I'm so thankful to have the deers in my corner. Because a lot of people can like something on Facebook and share something on Instagram and applaud it from a distance, but you need some people in your corner. That's why we do church. Because God, you need to know God's in your corner. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He's not distant. He's in there going, you can get up for this fight. I can help you and heal you and refresh you. And his church is there going, we believe in you. What do we do every week? We're just your corner people. As you get ready to go out in a fight that is school and work and purpose and purity, go, no, 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 don't hide. You can slug them. This is, you can knock them out. Mama said knock you out. This is, the, this is the week. This is the round. You can swing another week. Get some people in your corner. I need you to know today, we're in your corner, church. We are in your corner. Not to build a church and fill seats, but to launch you. Our goal is not to fill seats, but to fill lives with hope and purpose and joy and his Holy Spirit going, you can make it, you can do it. Yes, you can. Get some people in your corner. We're in your corner.
What's the last thing I know today? Is that there's a blessing in the wrestling. I'm not going to read it today, but in Genesis chapter 32, Jacob, one of the fathers of our faith, he's wrestling with God. He's wrestling and God's trying to work some things out of him and some, some, some greed and some unforgiveness and some fear and he's wrestling him. And they says they wrestle all night and then in verse 26, it says the angel, it says trying to release and say, let me go, let me go. I, I need to go back to the heavenlies. And Jacob, a man wrestling him, says this line. He says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And there's this picture of God trying to leave and Jacob's like, no, 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 no. We've been wrestling all night. I'm tired, but I'm not stopping. If we've come this far, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I tried to get it from my father through a wrong way. I tried to get it through people the wrong way. But God, you're my God. And if I, once I got you here, I'm not letting you go. I'm not, let, I'm not stopping this wrestling, this fight, until I'm better because of it. The resistance is building resilience. What a year. What a year we have. We joke about it, but what a tough year. But the resistance that we're under is building resilience. The struggle can change us and build us if we let it. In June, in, in early summer, I did a wedding for a couple in our church, and I put on the one dress shirt I have. And I was like, this thing shrunk. I was like, what happened? Honestly, I felt like if I did this, the back would break open. And so I didn't have any other shirt. Of course, I didn't try it on until a half hour before the wedding. So I spent the whole wedding like this. <gasps> I looked surprised the whole wedding. And I made a commitment. I said, I, I need to start running. Why? Because I'm committed to having the, a heart like a 21-year-old long jumper. But I have the heart of leftovers in my fridge right now. So I said, we're going to start running. And Nancy, who tore her MCL and had surgeries and stuff, she goes, I'm going to start running too. And we started running this summer. And I looked at yesterday, since the end of June, I've ran 200 kilometers since the end of June. That's a big deal. My wife has run 400 kilometers since the end of June. Her legs are so short, that's like 500 miles in Mike legs, you know. And those miles have been hot and cold and windy and rainy shin splints and swollen knees and we've bagged ice on our knees and we've taken more Advil than any one woman or man should ever have. We got compression socks and new shoes. I got, I got running tights that are on the verge of inappropriate to try to keep things tucked in and it's been tough, but can I tell you this? Something's changed inside of me. Feeling stronger, feeling better, feeling healthier, losing some weight. Feel like I have my breath back. Nancy has never felt better and here's what I'm learning, that there is pain but there's also gain. And what tried to kill you yesterday can top your resume tomorrow. And this year is trying to wipe out our church, wipe out your family, wipe out your marriage, wipe out your finances. And what tried to kill you this year will lead your resume next year. Oh no, I have no problem starting that business because I made it, this tried to take me out. Oh no, we got a hiccup in our marriage and we made it through this year. And if we made it through this year, let me tell you how strong our marriage is this year. Oh, devil, you should have took our church out in 2020 because now that we're coming into 2021, it's topping our resume going, boom, we made it through this year. We can get through anything now. Our people are unified. We are uh, together. We are generous. We are faithful. We are passionate. We are going on. 
And the resistance can build resilience. Don't run from the struggle, people. Hang on to it. And demand a blessing. Everything is either a lesson or a blessing in your life. I want you to hang on to it, go, I'm not letting go. Some of you, you're working through some things in your marriage. Don't let go until you're blessed. I will not give up on him. I will not give up on her. We've made it this far. We made it through our fifth anniversary, our 20th anniversary, our 40th anniversary. I refuse to let go until I'm blessed. Some of you, your faith, you feel far from God. You feel dry. Going, I should just toss in the towel. I'm done. Man, I've made it this far. I had an experience. Got baptized two years ago. Man, made it this far. And I'm not feeling it anymore. I made it 20 years. My kids are growing up. You know what? We had a good run. Church and faith isn't that important. No, 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 no. Hang on to it. Refuse to let go. Wrestle and go. I'm not letting go until I'm blessed. I'm not letting go. I don't know what you're going through today, but that struggle is the key to your promotion. There is gain in that pain. There is purpose in that process. There is resilience in that resistance. If we hang on, hang on and say, I'm not letting go until I'm blessed. Not letting go of this community. Not letting go of these friendships. Not letting go of this purpose. Not letting go of my kids. Not letting go of my young adults. Not letting go of my spouse. Not letting go of my purity. Not letting go of my mental peace and mental health. I refuse to let go until I'm blessed. Don't run from the problem. Lean into it. Smack it in the face going, no, no, no. I'm not letting you go. No, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. You, you, you put up a good fight. Go, no, no, come back here. I'm dragging you back into this ring. Why? Because I got good corner people. Not everything's a big deal. Some things are. I got purpose over panic right now, and I refuse to let this year go until I'm blessed. I'm going into 2021 blessed. We're going in blessed. Why? Because we refuse to let this pain go to waste. There is gain in this pain. I want to pray for you today, church. I don't know a lot, but I know this. If God is with us, who can be against us? Lean in. Show up. And watch God show off in your family, in our church, and in our city. 2021 will be a year beyond compare. Why? Because we made it through this one. And what we know, we've hung on to, and God is for us. Can someone say amen? amen. Can you stand to your feet today? I've gone over my time. I'm going to pray and bless you as we get ready to dismiss. Just want to let you know, we have about 30 extra seats for the next service. If you want to double dip, come on in again. Go register at the door. Come on in, fill her up. Get as much God in you as we launch you into your week, into that fight, into your journey. We're in your corner, and God is for you, amen? All over this place, if you're comfortable, would you just raise your hands? I want to bless you today. Father, I thank you for these people. Father, I bless them right now from the balcony to the bottom, from the back to the front, with your, with your, with your spirit, your Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of power and love. I bless them with a sound mind when the world would want to bring chaos and panic through news and, and, and friends and social media. I speak the peace of God. I speak a sound mind. I speak righteousness and peace and joy over their life. I pray laughter will be in their home. I pray their kitchens be full of laughter. I pray their homes will be full of joy. And I speak peace on every border. I pray, God, that you would embrace them with your goodness and your grace. I pray for every relationship to be healthy. I pray for bodies to be well. And I pray for this community to be strong. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for coming to church today. We love you so much. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week.